Dive into our latest courses designed to enhance your bond with your furry friend. Whether you're a seasoned owner or a new puppy parent, there's something for everyone at dogspeak101.com. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Enroll now and take the first step toward a happier, well-behaved dog. Visit dogspeak101.com to browse our course catalog. Get 10% off all courses through February the 14th. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Hope you're having a wonderful week so far. We are so excited about... Uh, some of you guys have just been reaching out to us, and we love hearing from you. Um, and we've had some really good feedback on our Mythbusters episode, so we're doing a Mythbusters too. Heck yeah. Yeah, so Britt's got some new myths, some things that people have been asking about. So we're going to talk about that. And at the end of the uh, episode... I will answer a listener's question. Oh, yes. Yay. So exciting. Sweet. So cheers, margaritas. Cheers. On yeah. a Saturday afternoon. We uh, we got real motivated. I think we got real passionate about some things that we've heard lately, and we're ready to continue this one. Oh, yeah. And definitely some passion here, because I feel like that a lot of people, they hear these things of what they think they should be doing and then they feel guilty because they can't do it so a lot of my clients will get upset because they don't feel like they're very good at disciplining Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh good (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) i love that you don't discipline that's awesome. but how good of a teacher are you Mm -hmm. right are you consistent do you follow through that's more important than being a disciplinarian yeah right so so we're going to be talking more myths today what you got you're going to take a lead on this yeah so I think I've mentioned uh, a friend of mine who's a child advocate. Um, Her name's Anna Skates. I don't think I've ever actually mentioned her name. She did give me permission to throw this out there. She's a rock star. Um, She's amazing. And so what she does is coach people on respectful parenting. Um, And I, you know, reading through her posts and kind of watching her videos and things, it's amazing how... Respectful parenting and positive training or respectful training of dogs go really hand in hand, especially because we we use the analogy that dogs are essentially toddlers. Yes. Um, you know, from a from an emotional or from a from a learning mental standpoint. Yeah, they can become like three to four year old toddlers. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so they have that intelligence. Um, so she posted something the other day and I, I had to laugh because she was doing myths of parenting. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> like, myth busting some parenting things. And so I, I texted her and I was like, Hey, can I, can I use this? Um, just to sort of show the correlation. Um, and honestly, if you have a dog or a child, uh, Go follow her on Instagram. It's uh, Anna underscore skates, like literally skating. Um, and just kind of check out her stuff. And Let's you, link her in the show notes. Yeah, I'll definitely link it in the show notes. But also, um, you know, follow her. You can use a lot of her information, even if you don't have children, with dogs. And yeah. that's pretty fascinating. So, um. Her first sort of myth on here, and she hears this all the time, is kids need to learn who's in charge. And so we can change that to dogs need to know who's in charge. And we kind of went into this in the last one about being dominant, being the alpha, that sort of thing. Yeah. So if we break it down to say, what does it mean to be in charge? Mm -hmm. It means that you know more than others. Mm -hmm. So you help lead others. Right. Right. So it's like um, something that just popped in my head. Um, The pilot of an airplane is in charge of that airplane. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make him dominant over me. (laughs) Doesn't make him my alpha. It makes him the one that's the most knowledgeable in that situation. Right. And if he was to come to me for dog training, I would then be in charge of that because that's where my knowledge lays. Right. Lays? Lies? Lies. Lies. Yeah. I love English language. Um, (laughs) It's... So I think we need to change. And, and one thing I'm really big about when I talk to my clients is the wording that they use. 
Mm-hmm. Where, yeah, exactly. Where I'll talk about, they're like, well, how do I correct this? And I change it. I was like, it's not about correcting it. It's about what would you rather teach to replace that? All right. So what are we re- redirecting to? Mm-hmm. So I think if we stop thinking about who's in charge, it's right. who knows more than me that can help me learn and navigate this. Right. Kids don't need to know you're in charge. Kids need to know that they can count on you when they get in a situation that they're not comfortable with or they don't understand, just like your dogs. Right. And I, lo- I love her explanation here. Um, obviously, she's talking about kids, but she says they already look to you as a model, so you don't need to teach them that. It's an automatic. You, you don't need to force th- that yourself upon them. And your will upon them to teach them that they know you're you're the adults. Yeah. Um, and also that you know, loving relationships shouldn't include a hierarchy of power. Now Amen to that. we we have talked about hierarchy within a pack situation. Obviously, I, I use pack loosely. Yes. Um, and that's more of a um not necessarily a hierarchy, but roles. Yes. Everyone has a role. Upper and that's, management. Yes, and that's true of any family unit. Um, that's true of a pack. Yep. Everyone is going to do what they do best to contribute. Well, it's like when you think about, again, I love going back to the example of Survivor. Mm, You're bringing yeah, yeah. all these people together. Some of these people have been leadership roles, mm-hmm. right? So a leadership role in their job, in their life, and then they have to get on this island to deal with people with different personalities. And it's like you either contribute to the group and adjust yourself or you try to dominate, which basically is going to mean that you're going to be one of the first ones voted out because mm-hmm. that's, that's not how teamwork works. Right. Exactly. So, and, and I really love that um, line about loving relationships shouldn't include a hierarchy of power. Um, we all know that, you know, power dynamics in relationships, um, intimate relationships, for instance, typically don't like it's it's going to fail. Absolutely. If, you know, both people are bringing things to the table and both people are going to excel uh, in different ways. But yes. it's about bringing those skills to the table. I, w- I would like to say that every couple, um, both people need to wear pants and both people need to wear skirts. Right. I yeah. mean, it literally needs to be, whether you look at a skirt or, hey, maybe it's, you know, you're Scottish and you're you're wearing um, a kilt. A kilt. I, it really just like went out the window right there. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, but so it's stop just thinking that you have, that's again, even a myth in a relationship mm-hmm. that somebody has to wear the pants. Right. No. Or even that. Um, both people are equal and, and I don't mean one person above the other. I mean that you both have equal skills and yes, everyone's going to contribute something different to that relationship. Absolutely. What I contribute to this relationship is very different than what you contribute. Right. And, but we work, Mm -hmm. we work it out because we communicate. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, one, we respect what the other person, I mean, can I just use this example? Of last night, and I thought it was really, it was really great. Is my toothbrush that I keep on the sink, and every time you move it to mm-hmm. my little thing, I don't like it there because it's harder to clean. And you just basically said, "I don't want toothpaste on the counter." Mm-hmm. You, I don't think you would have said that to me four or five years ago. So mm-hmm. one, I'm really glad that you do, because I think that's how it has to work. And so I'm, this morning, as I brushed my teeth, I made a conscious effort to make sure that everything was rinsed. To before I put it up there to hope for a less amount. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make you more dominant than me. Right? It doesn't make you the one in charge. Yeah. It's a it's a mutual respect. Yeah. That if you have an issue with this, okay, what can I do to help remedy that? Yeah, and there are things that are important to you and there are things that are important to me that you know, you don't care about. Right. So for me, making up the bed is important. It's, and <laughs> honestly, this is funny because the last time I had coffee with Anna, we talked about this sort of um, what things are important, what things can you let go. Uh, making the bed every day is super important to me. Anna's like, I give less than two shits. Right. Like, that's not her thing. And and so, you know, we're kind of um, going back and forth and, and we're talking about kids, mm-hmm. you know, and and that sort of thing. and. 
um, you know, just figuring out what's important to you and what's not. And that's the same with dog training when, you know, we're talking about, you know, pets getting on the bed, uh, pets jumping. What, what really matters to you? Exactly. Yeah, the people are like, oh, they sleep in the bed with me. And it's like they, they like try to like cringe. It's like they have this guilty look. I'm like, I don't care if they sleep in the bed with you. Right. Um, And it is, it's about finding what is important to you. But saying that, we also need to make sure that we are finding out what's important to our dogs Mm -hmm. and what do they need. And that's when it gets back to that genetic need. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like genetically, what does this dog need? Because there are some people that are like, I just want my dog to sit and stay and come when I call them and walk nice and leash. I don't care if they do tricks. Well, that's fine that you don't care if they do tricks, but your dog is not going to be satisfied with knowing five things in their life. Mm -hmm. They need other direction. Their brain needs to be worked. We have to look at them to see what is important. What do you need um, more of, right? Do you need more sniffy? Do you need more task work? Do you need more, you know, skills? We have to stop thinking that what we think we want is pushed upon that other organism that's in our life. Right. Including our dog. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think a lot of people don't take in consideration what the dog actually wants or needs mm-hmm. out of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so the next thing that she posted was, if I punish, if I punish them, they'll learn their lesson. Um. <laughs> <laughs> which I read that and I was like, holy shit, that's, uh, that's something we hear all the time in the dog world. And, and I know that parents, you know, well, if I punish them, they'll learn. Um, and so her, what she says is, sure, if that lesson is to learn how to not get caught so they don't get in trouble again. Um, but if the lesson is about the action itself, you're going to have to get more curious and creative to find solutions. And, you know, it just sort of goes back to um, something like a pinch collar or some sort of correction where a dog's just like learning how not to get in trouble. They're not actually learning anything from it. They're learning how to avoid the punishment. Correct. So the perfect example of that that I'm thinking of, counter surfing. Mm-hmm. So I get a lot of times people will correct and punish counter surfing. Mm-hmm. So the dog counter surfs, they go in, they punish, they correct. And then weeks later, the dog steals a T-bone steak and they say, he knows better. Right. No, actually what you did was teach him that when he counter surfs and you're in the room, Things end. That behavior ends. Mm-hmm. There's no redirection. There's no what I would rather have you do. So the dog actually just learns to counter surf when you're not in the room. Same with housebreaking. Oh, if you're pun- if you're punishing a dog for using the bathroom in the house, they won't use it for you in front of you outside. They are learn. They're gonna just learn to go where they're not gonna get caught. Exactly, when hiding behind the bed, yeah, under the kitchen your, table, your couch. the couch. Yeah, yeah. they're not learning how to pee in the house. They're learning how to pee or poop in front of you because there's a chance that they're going to get screamed at or their nose rubbed in it, which, believe it or not, people still kind of think about that, that that's something you use. Please don't do that, right? It's about dogs need to learn where to go, whether that's a puppy pad, whether that's fake grass, whether that's mulch, real grass, concrete, asphalt, whatever. The dog needs to learn what... Uh, texture you want their paws to be on. Right. Can you imagine if, because toddlers do this, they take their diapers off. Pee in the floor. They <laughs> or poop. Poop in the house. It happens. Could you imagine rubbing their nose in it? If you rubbed your nose. You would have. Uh, in your child's feces. Yeah, they would come and take your child away. But yet it's okay to do it for dogs who don't even understand our language. They don't even, yeah, they're just like, I got to go to the bathroom. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's like a kid. You haven't potty trained them. Yeah. They don't know. Well, it's like shaming kids that, um, oh, that wet pee the in bed. the bed, that wet in the bed, right? Yeah. It's like, let's, let's shame them because that's going to fix it. Like they have any control over it. That's a symptom of something much deeper. Right, so if I have a dog peeing in the crate, I'm not punishing them for peeing in the crate. I'm asking, why mm-hmm. are they peeing in the crate? 
What am I missing? What is not connecting? It's my job to connect those pieces for them. Yeah. Not punish them because they should just know it. Exactly. Oh, oof. I know. This is... Woof. This is good. And it's it's funny how how these things correlate between children and um, animals. Um, not saying that kids are... Doll, you know, no, it's a, it's, not, a, it's a living organism that's trying right. to make sense out of this world that they've just been <laughs> thrown into. Yeah. Like these it's kids, like, like you don't kids you, didn't ask to be born. Yeah, either. you're not <laughs> born knowing the world of being a human. Right, you're developing as a little human. Right, and also think about many humans when they have a bad childhood, they slowly move themselves away from their parents. There's not a real close relationship. Dogs never get that opportunity. Yeah, they're sort of stuck. They're stuck, right? So we've like forced them. So when people say, well, my dog loves me unconditionally. Does he? Yeah, that's another myth. It is a myth. Dogs don't love unconditionally. They will tolerate a lot. And I'm going to tell you right now, we don't deserve them. Yeah. They tolerate a lot of bullshit. We don't deserve them. But I do think that if you take your dog somewhere and they run from you, maybe you ought to question that. Yeah, that reminds me of... uh our good friend's neighbor, who every time their cocker spaniel gets out of the house, runs across the street to our friend's house because he knows, one, she's going to take the shot collar off of him yep. and take the batteries out of it and accidentally run over it with her car. And <laughs> she's he's going to get attention. Yes. And treats. Positive attention. Yes. Um you know dogs are not stupid yeah. they're just kind of stuck yeah like they they're it's gonna... like a lot of kids that are not 18 yet they're stuck in the house mm-hmm. and they will learn to lie not get caught and i will say that even though we didn't birth a child i think we did a pretty dang good job at raising our niece um because i did look at it a lot like mm-hmm. a dog not sorry, Rose. You're not a dog. Yeah, you Just, are. <laughs> she knows saying, it. She's been around him. I mean, since she was uh, such a baby, she used to hide from my search and rescue dogs. Um, but it's I made sure that we hardly ever raised our voice. Mm-hmm. And the one time I did have to raise my voice and get mad at her, and then I had to make her go to a client with me. I thought that oh my god, this is it. She's not going to talk to me. It's going to be a miserable ride. And it was something that was pretty bad. And and I had to. I was really upset with it. That was probably the only time I've ever really, mm-hmm. okay, maybe one one of two times I can think of another, but she wouldn't shut up that whole ride. <laughs> it's like she just talked about everything about under the sun. I was like, did I not just get on to you? And then she was a little, she was kind of grounded. But it was one of those things that I, I know that we always gave her choices. Mm-hmm. Um, choices of when she would come home from school, get a snack, decompress, and then choose Choose something to do as far as like a chore. Choose something to do that benefits the household. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a when you come home, do the dishes, dust this room, do that. No, it was here. Here's what the options are. Yeah. And then when we would, I'm going to air quote, correct her. It was always followed with this is why this is what we would rather see. It was never just a you're grounded for lying to me or do this or you're getting spanked or you know i mean that sort of thing it, there was never um like negative no it was like type she wanted like i remember the time she wanted to go to a, a game and i was like okay go rake the yard and then you can go to the game after you get done raking the yard she didn't want to rake the yard so she didn't go to the game i was like all right, then you're not going. She's like, okay. No, she, yeah, because she realized that she was able to make that choice. Absolutely. And she's like, how important is it for me to go to the game, really? And then people look like, well, <laughs> but you told her to rake the yard. No. Well, no. I did, but she had a choice. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's one of those things that, yeah, there are certain times where I need you to do something, but it's not every little thing I tell you to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Pick your battles. And pick your battles with the dog. 
What do you really need? But it doesn't, still, even if you really need it, doesn't mean you need to use punishment. Consequences, yes. She didn't get to go to the game. But it wasn't the screaming, yelling of, you're lazy and I can't believe you do what I tell you to do. You live under my house. You live under my rules. And yeah, she was living here. Mm -hmm. And she was living here because we allowed her to live here. And we loved having her here most of the time. Uh, (laughs) I was exhausted. Teenagers are so hard. Teenagers are hard. (laughs) Uh, After working with dogs all day, I didn't want to have to come home and train a teenager. Um. But I think that if you, I think if she was to say kind of what was the benefit, I think it was because, I think she would say we gave her choices. We taught her how to make choices. Yeah. I mean, you're helping develop an organism into the best version of itself, Uh, whether that's a child, whether that's your pet, your job is not to direct them and make them robots and your job is to help them be who they are. Um, and that means even you know, if they don't want to hug you. Our, well, yeah, and that goes back to, con- you know, the consent. consent. Um, she did hug me the other night yeah. as she came flying into the house to see the new puppy. Yeah. That's why she came by, <laughs> to see the new puppy. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, the goal is to to help her you know, just be ultimately be a good person and make good choices and sort of guide her in that. And to bring something to the world. Yeah. Okay. Just like our dogs. We want to bring we want our dogs to bring something, whether it's joy to us, joy to others. We want them to bring something. Mm-hmm. So uh next myth. Um and, and we've sort of gone into this one before. And you mentioned, it's funny, you mentioned this one yesterday. Um, so Anna says, uh, this myth is uh, kids are manipulative. <laughs> and we hear this all the time. Dogs are spiteful. They're manipulative. Um, so what she says is, so here's the issue with this. Not only is this developmentally inaccurate, um, there are plenty of studies on this, by the way. Um, and But it stems from a deep misunderstanding of children and how they learn to get their needs met. Often having to use tactics that we don't love uh, because they aren't giving any agency, given any agency in their lives otherwise. And that one really, really hit me in the gut. Not just for kids, um, but dogs and they're doing what works to get their needs met, to get attention. Uh, they, if they're not given the tools, you know, maybe that, maybe they're having outbursts. Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe there are some behavioral issues, but that doesn't mean that they're manipulative. Um, uh, granted, unless it's a rare case of antisocial behavior, um, but well, I think you can definitely see that in humans. That's but, a one-off. But, yeah, but talking not about children and dogs that are limited in their developmental stage, right? Exactly. Um, and and I love how she says this is you know develop me develop developmentally. Yeah. <laughs> Let me try that again. <laughs> Developmentally inaccurate. Um, they're just learning how to get what they need, and that doesn't make them manipulative they're not consciously saying i'm gonna con you a toddler is not intentionally conning a person yeah you gotta be really smart to be able to be a con artist yeah it's wrong don't do it but it takes some really serious thoughts right to do it look dogs aren't assholes like we are i'm just gonna say that do they have middle fingers yes sometimes they do most of the time when they do something, there's a really good reason behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and typically it is dogs going to do what works. If a dog is doing something, it's because it's worked. If your dog gets nothing when they're quiet, but then they go and bark out the window to get your attention, are they being manipulative? No, they're doing what they need to do to get what they want. Because you've ignored them the whole other time because you're on the computer, on your phone, watching TV, and then you pay no attention until they do what you don't want. And so right. kids, I'm imagining the same way, you know, it's like, we're not giving kids 
the accolades, the the praise, the great job. It's like so many parents, and I say this because of I was a child once, and I was also a semi-parent, um, still kind of parent, but I see this also with my clients and their kids. Many times you can see the dog, the way the dog acts, the kids follow. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not. They just, they need to understand. They don't understand what's happening. They don't understand what this world is about. And that's why you have to be the tour guide. You have to be the upper management. You have to take that leadership role to help them understand if they're doing something that's aggravating you, don't immediately go to what an asshole. They're being uh, spiteful. So many times people tell me, well, you know, I left and I think my dog was pissed. Excuse me, because he, he peed on my bed. Well, there could be other reasons for that. There could be a urinary tract infection. There could be something that scared him. Maybe another dog bullied him in the house and he was on the bed thinking he was safe, but the dog came up and bullied. So he, um, you know, urinated because of fear. Mm-hmm. Dogs don't do things. And when people, he chewed up my socks because he was mad I left him. No, he probably chewed up your socks because you've given him socks to play with in the past. You left them in the floor. They look like and smelled kind of dirty. So they looked real similar to what his other toys are like. Stop automatically assuming your dog's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Stop assuming your kid's an asshole. Yeah. Think about it. Take a second, step back and go, why? What is the reason behind it? And I think we need to do a better job of that just with people in general. Mm-hmm. When people cut me off in traffic, I'm immediately like, what an asshole. Then, I'm, then I have to sit back and go, I wonder what they're going through today. Right. That's having, that's making them have a bad day. Right. Mm-hmm. So... Dogs don't do that. You know, as adults, they may just be assholes. They might just be assholes. <laughs> but uh, the majority of the time with your dogs, they're, they don't understand that. They're not being like, ooh, watch this. Hey, Bill, watch me get uh, a couple of bones out of her. Yeah, like, I don't know how to tell you this, but dogs do not have the consciousness to think that through. Uh, manipulation takes forethought. It takes planning. Uh, obviously there are instances with, you know, kids where it's calls from trauma. Again, though, in that situation, they're doing it for survival. Yes. Uh, and not, so do dogs. Not necessarily to be a jerk. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it goes much deeper than that. It really does. Um, and the amount of times we hear that dogs are just being spiteful and manipulative is insane to me. Um, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it drives me crazy when I hear that. Yeah. Because I, I think, But I do. I hear it on a regular basis. Yeah. It's just. All right. So now that we know that they can't be manipulative, what's our next? <laughs> okay. And if you hear a weird um, transition or pause there, it's because. Uh, I had to go to the bathroom. Nikki had to take a pee break. I'm pretty good at editing. <laughs> but just you may not be able to. Just to in case, it's look, not, we're having margaritas on a Saturday afternoon just after in case service it's not dog training. Flawless, you'll know. What um, do you mean? We're we're always flawless. So just to sort of tie all those three things in, um, Anna. Gosh, I love you, Anna. This is great. So she um, in a in a separate post uh, posts this, and I'm just going to read it um, because we say this all the time. Bribes, threats, punishments can be quick fixes. Uh, But what are they actually teaching? Um, Hint, not teaching a different behavior. These tend to just perpetuate the problem, instill fear and anxiety, inhibit the ability to develop intrinsic motivation toward new behaviors, and leaves you in a never-ending cycle of trying to find bigger, badder punishments, bribes, threats, and treats. Uh, which ultimately causes burnout and honestly a breakdown in any sort of relationship. And so that is that was obviously about kids, uh, but that is so important as well when you're developing a relationship with your dog. Bribes, threats, and punishments we've seen, they are quick fixes. <laughs> but they're Band-Aids. They're Band-Aids. And, and they're Band-Aids that cover a wound that may never heal. In fact, you're creating a bigger wound. So I go back to, uh, quickly to with Rose not wanting to rake the grass. Mm-hmm. Could I have made her do it? Yes. She lives in my house, my home. 
Could I have made her do that? And yes. You, and you could have used that argument. You live here. Absolutely. I, I pay the bills. You're going to do this because I didn't even birth you. <laughs> like no one gave yeah. me a baby shower for your ass. Um, I knew that at that moment, what was more important was developing her as a human than getting the grass raked. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think that a lot of people, and it goes back to what I tell people with dogs, and I preach this all the time. It is more important that your dog does the behavior than you getting the behavior. If I ask my dog to sit and they don't do it, could I get the sit? Yeah, I could push the butt on the floor. I could get a treat out. I could lure them into that position. But did they really do it of their own choice? Mm-hmm. Did they really do it because they're understanding what I'm asking? Yeah. Or did they do it just because they were manipulated to do it if we go back to that manipulation it's manipulation of pushing the butt on the floor tucking the legs that's body manipulation it's more important that your dog does it i'd much rather rose had done the grass and sent her to the ball game but she chose to not go to the ball game so she chose to not do that okay cool you had a choice just like the hard choice that i had to make with her when she finally got to the point where she's wanting something that I told her she was not going to have. And she made, you know, I gave her the options of here's your choice. You can either do A or B, but here are the consequences. And whatever she chose, we stuck with that. But it was something that she had control over. Right. And I think that's important. Follow through is important, but also giving choices is important. And maybe there are consequences to those uh, choices, but they're not punishment. They're they should not... be physically or emotionally harming. Exactly. Um, and emotionally harming bigger than the physical harm. Right. Um, and so then Anna finishes this, um, like, imagine having a relationship with your kids. Imagine mutual understanding and care. Imagine being on a team. Uh, and so many, so many parents, so many pet owners, guardians, uh, they they really want that hierarchy. Being on a team is is such a such a weird thing for them because you know parents are like, no, I told them to do it. They need to do it. Uh, and obviously, there are moments where, yeah, like I need you to do this. It's but not, let's explain why, right? Right. Not let's not just say because you. I said so. Yeah. Can we get away with the words because I said so? Right. How about giving me a reason? Right. But also. Develop that relationship first so that when you do tell them, hey, I need you to do this. They do it. They're like, okay. Because they know that you have a reason. And and again, we had no problems with Rose with that. Yeah. Exactly. She, you know, she's like, okay. All right, then. Yeah. I and I hope you. that we have prepared her for, you know, moving on and going to college and making choices and making good choices mm-hmm. and realizing there are consequences. Right. But that she has the control of those consequences mm-hmm. by making choices. Right. We need to give the control of consequences right. to the person, to the organism. Yeah. And obviously we're going to do what we can to protect her from Absolutely. something dangerous. Absolutely. Um, you know, if there have been a handful of times I've raised my voice at Isabella and because I don't do it very often, she's like, Oh shit. Yeah. It meant what? something. It was a safety issue. Yep. You know, I I need you to stop right now. You're gonna get hurt. Yep. So when you when you do that, it's more panic. Um, she's like, oh, okay, my bad. Um, it's the same with a child. Yeah, you never raised your voice to Rose. Y'all never had conflict, and then the one time that you finally were like, oh yeah, yeah, you made a statement. Yeah. She uh, she was like, oh, she listened because she, she knew I. If I was raising my voice, not screaming at her, but I was more firm in the way I was delivering communi- it. Yeah, my delivery <laughs> was a little more firm. She knew, oh, okay, this this is important because she also knew that I was never going to, um, you know, try to bribe her, punish her, scream at her. I wasn't disappointed in her mad at her in most situations you know and this was a i need you to listen right now this is important i am upper management at the moment yep 
here's why, not just because I want to control you. Um, this is, this is a, again, a safety issue. It's a safety issue. And we're going to talk about it, you know, but yes. I, I need you to hear me right now. Yes. Um, again, that was, it, it was more panic and worry. <laughs> Well, I think a lot. I think a lot of people get panicked with their dogs early on. But here's the thing: is that start out by like if it's a a safety issue, like don't let your young puppy out in the front yard near the road, Mm -hmm. right? Where you have to yell at them because they're running towards the road. Right? They don't know that there's something dangerous at the road. You have to be upper management in that moment. Put them on a long leash. Put them on a short leash. Whatever you have to do to set them up for success, but to allow them to learn how to be in the front yard near the road. All right. So there you go with bribes. We've thrown in some kid stuff. We've done dog stuff. Uh, But I know that a lot of you guys do bribe your dogs. Please stop. Don't have a treat in hand when you're asking for behavior. Um, Teach the behavior so you don't have to bribe. It's important for the dog to do the behavior, not important for you to get it. And it's hard. I mean, I know it's hard. It We've been taught quick fixes. We've been taught spanking with kids. We've been, yeah, I mean, all these things. Well, look at our, look at our reality. You want to watch a movie? You can have it in 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. You want groceries delivered? Which we just did. So again, there was a little pause in that because she had to go give her ID. Another weird pause. (laughs) It we we expect everything so quickly, and it's funny because I've had a few cases lately that normally we can do most cases in three to four sessions. Mm -hmm. I've had some that are deep, like there's going to take a village um, to try to figure out. For me, if I don't get results in that four to five month or three to four month, I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Because I'm getting so used to having that. But the Mm -hmm. deeper of the issue I'm getting, it is taking longer. It's taking six months. It's taking a year. I have to learn to go, okay, you've got to let the process happen. You're not going to get, this isn't just teaching a dog to walk on a leash. Yeah. This is deep. This is psychological. This is panic-driven. This is anxiety. This is not something that changes overnight. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't change in a week or a month. It doesn't matter if you do sessions with me every single day. It's still going to take months to get that dog in a better emotional state. Yeah. And I've had to really sit back and go, okay, Nikki, you're doing what you're supposed to do. This is just deeper. Yeah. All right. So I, I want really people to understand that there are no real quick fixes. If your dog needs to learn to walk on a leash, okay, I can show you in 10 minutes how to work on that. Will the dog be able to walk nicely in 10 minutes? With me, yes. With you, probably not because you have history. But also when your dog does learn to walk with you nicely, say in your front yard, um, that may only take a week. But you take them to the pet store and they're crazy. Well, guess what? You got to restart. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just just know that it's it's not about programming. Yeah. We're not programming these dogs to do what we want them to do and expect us to be able to push a button and it happen anywhere we are. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. So what's our next one? Y'all, if y'all hear my puppy, he was <laughs> supposed to be taking a nap and now he's heard me get up several times and now he's pissed off because the boy sleeps like 20 minutes at a time. Yeah. I can't believe I'm still awake right now. It's afternoon. Um, so the next one comes from Steve. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Steve, for this whole idea of this podcast. We, yeah, so Steve uh, is a client of ours, and it was his idea to do the Mythbusters in the first place. So we got through a, a couple of them in the last one and totally forgot this one, which I was so excited to talk about, but completely there's so many of them. We just I mean, it just takes time to get them so all together. So he, he brought up the chase game. And <laughs> uh, in that same vein, for me, I would like to add, add tug to that as well. Um, so, so many people are like, I know you're not supposed to chase your dog around. Um, gosh, there's so many reasons people give for that. Like, 
tugging and chasing, basically you become a dog. I mean. I think I hear more about why not to tug. And I have to actually help people with the chase game. So tug, I think we, we mentioned in the last episode is tug is if your dog loves it, play Play tug. They can win. You can win. It's a fun game. It's great. It's not going to make your dog aggressive. Please. Right. It's and again, with being a dog aggressive, it's not that a dog is aggressive. It's the dog is is exhibiting aggressive behaviors. Two different things. But tug is a fun game. If the dog enjoys it, I think it's something you should incorporate. I think it's a wonderful tool to use to to help a dog get into a high arousal situation, but still controlled, but be able to be responsive to commands. And we have a video on our website um, where I'm playing tug with Isabella and asking for drop, asking for sit, mm-hmm. just teaching her that during a high arousal moment, you can still be responsive. Just stay tuned in. The chase game for me, I don't mind people playing chase with their dog. What I do want, though, is to make it very clear when it's okay to play chase. So mm-hmm. can we just take a child? Let's take a kid for a sec, for an example. Because I think that'll help people kind of go, mm-hmm. oh, that makes sense. When we play hide and seek with a kid, we tell them we're playing hide and seek. If we don't communicate hide and seek and we're at the mall and the kid hides in a rack of clothes, people start to panic. Mm-hmm. Then they can't find their kid. And then they freak out when they find the kid, they get mad at the kid. And the kid's like, what? We play hide and seek this morning at, at home. Right. I was hiding and you came and found me. Kids, dogs can't understand that it's okay to do in this environment, but not okay in this environment. So like at home, you go to your kid's room, they're not there. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, where's Boo Boo? I'm going to find Boo Boo. And they start this hide-and-seek game without really starting the hide-and-seek. They allow the kid to start the hide-and-seek game. So when the kid does it at the mall and gets yelled at for it and spanked, what does that say to the the kid? Mm -hmm. So with a dog, I'd much rather put Chase on command and have an end game command. Mm -hmm. So I use touch for my emergency recall. So teaching a dog that, so like Chase is a game, you could play, you could call it tag, you can call it go, whatever you want to call it, but let the dog know we are in the moment of this game. Mm-hmm. But here's the word for stop of the game. And that can be anything. It can right. be stop, it can be touch, it can be whatever you come up with, but it needs to be clear to help the dog understand when it's okay to play this game and when it's not. And that's really important if you have children at home that are chasing the, the dog, because you don't want the dog running and and running from you when they have something very dangerous in their mouth. You don't want them running from you outside because they run into the road. Mm-hmm. But you can't get mad at them if you've not made the game clear, if you've not right. communicated when it's okay to play and when it's not okay to play. Right. All right. He is going to go nonstop fit in here. <laughs> I don't know if y'all can hear that or not, but he is mad. Little shitter is he's, what he is. He's going to be okay. He is going to be okay. He needs a nap. Um... Those those are all the myths we have. Wow! For now, I know we went through that pretty quickly. I think the chase one is really good because I think a lot of people don't think about that because dogs do love to play chase. I play chase with Isabella. I think it's I think it's great to play chase if you communicate that because they need to understand that it's okay to play chase in this situation, but not if you're you know running around with um, a a butter knife. Right. Right. (laughs) I mean. But you can't get mad at them for running around with a butter knife if you've never communicated when it's okay to play the game. Yeah, the rules of it. Yeah. And uh, having a good drop it is good. Very good. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. So those are our myths, myth busters number two. Yeah. So give us our listener question. Yeah. So this is something new um, that we're going to try to implement. So um, if you've got questions... Uh, send them in because what we want to do at the end of each episode is answer a listener question. And thank you to our listener. Uh, thank you to Caitlin. Uh, she said I could use her name. So um, thanks to Caitlin for this one. So, Appreciate it, Caitlin. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of a two-part question. Um, so first is how do you know when it's the right time to get your dog a dog friend? Um, or if it's even the right call for your dog. Uh, so for some background, 
Um, she has a very independent nine-year-old uh, lab mix uh, who's been an only child for eight and a half of those years. So, you know, would what do you do in that situation? Is it something where, all right, he's getting older? Because you hear that a lot, too. And maybe, maybe that can be part of the myth uh, category. Um, Get a younger puppy to keep my older dog young. Young, yeah. Um, so... Ask, ask your grandpa if he wants a teenager to hang around with. <laughs> well, maybe maybe not because he might. Uh, so right. <laughs> depends on your grandpa, I guess. It does, but. Um, so how do, you, how do you know if it's okay to bring another dog in when you've had a dog uh, for so long that's been an only dog? I think my first, the first thing I would have owners think about is, one, do you want another dog? Two, do you have the capability of having another dog financially um, and time? Do you have another dog? Mm -hmm. So the first thing before I even ask the dog if they want another dog, I need to know if the owner is prepared. Um, I don't think people that are not necessarily wanting a second dog should get a second dog for their first dog. I think it has to be human wants first. Mm -hmm. So when we were picking, when I was looking for a puppy... We knew that Isabella wanted a playmate, and we'll get into to that, but I had to make sure it was right for me first. Then I would kind of see if it worked everywhere else. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't right for me, it didn't get past that. If it's right for me, then it goes into the next stages of will this work? Mm-hmm. And we've had a couple of dogs in that didn't work. Right. Right. So first thing is ask yourself, can I afford financially and my time to st- and, and still take care of myself. Because I do think that you have to take care of yourself first and foremost. Because if you don't take care of yourself first and foremost, then you can't give your dog what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a believer of that and in, in everything. If you don't give to yourself first, you can't give to others. Second, I would then, if, if, if all the answers are like, yes, I can financially do it. I have time to do it. I would like to have another dog. I want to bond with that dog as well. Then the question would be, what is the history of your dog? Has your dog played with a lot of dogs? Um, does your dog seem overly friendly? Does your dog seem bored? Uh, does your dog seem like they're missing another dog? Do When on walks, when they see a dog, are they like so excited they can't wait to go great? Or they're just kind of like nonchalant, whatever. I think you have to look at kind of the history of what your dog has done to know if that's the right next move. Because mm-hmm. I think that there are some dogs that once they get older, they're content. They don't want the aggravation of a puppy. Mm-hmm. They're content with where they are. Um, so I think looking at the history of the dog and then looking at even the last six months to a year, how has your dog done around other dogs? If your dog hasn't been around other dogs, then they probably don't want another dog in their household. Right. Um, If they've, you know, Isabella has been in this home and she had two dogs and and three cats. That's all she's ever had. Siblings. Yeah. Yeah. So now to be without a sibling for six weeks, basically about six weeks, she was without a sibling. She's not one of those dogs that I think would have been miserable to be the only dog. But I do think that having little shitter has helped her and made her a little happier and not as bored. But I think that she could have flourished just as well without Mm -hmm. bringing in another dog. Because you two have such a good connection. Y'all do so much together that I don't think she would have missed out not having Myers here. But you could tell, too, that there was some... Some loneliness, maybe loneliness yeah. of not to put human emotions on a dog, but I do. Believe but I think they feel it. They feel. Um, I think they feel it all a lot more than we give them credit for. Yeah, um, you could tell there was a little bit of boredom from not having that stimulation. Going out in the yard by yourself. Yeah, like not having somebody to sniff around with or run around the yard or run with. Around with. I mean, she's had yeah. friends. We've had friends come over. Yeah. But even, I mean, Clark, she wants Clark to be her best friend. And Clark's just like, you're too much for me. I deal with puppies on a regular basis. Cousin Clark is just like, I don't have it with Mm -hmm. me. And she gets her feelings hurt because Clark doesn't want to play with her. Yeah. But there's a difference between having it. And some dogs may just enjoy having company. 
letting them play and then leave, mm-hmm. right? So that, that was me as a kid. That was you as a kid, right? Because yeah. we were talking about that the other night. <laughs> like, you know, we'd go to, to spend the night with friends and like you'd make it, you know, you'd get there that early afternoon, you'd spend all night and then you'd spend half the day, if not a whole nother day with them. And you're like, nope. you were like, as soon as you woke up or they woke up, you're like, see ya. I got to go home or they got to oh, go yeah, home, yeah. right? I was calling my mom. I'm like, I- I'm coming home. Or like, I wanted my friends to leave before breakfast if they spend the night. See, Not that I didn't love them. It was just like. That was enough. You're throwing off my routine and I got my fill of socialization. So I think that's a really good thing to think about with older dogs, right? The routine's going to change. How old your dog is, I think, will also make a difference. And is it, I don't, is it humane to make this much of a change in my dog's routine at this age? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not going to give a specific age because dogs live, you know, smaller dogs are going to live longer, older, you know, bigger dogs are a little bit younger. So I'm not going to give that, but. But I think the biggest, you've got to just look at your dog. I don't think there's a, there's not a clear answer for this. There's a, you've got to know your dog. You got to know yourself. Don't ever force a dog into the home because you think it's going to make your dog better. Because then you're not going to give that dog what it needs. And you're going to get frustrated. You're going to get um, irritated. You're going to lose your patience. It's going to be overwhelming. And it's going to be more stress on your older dog. Yeah. So I know that that's not a real good clear-cut answer, but it's the the most honest answer I can give. First, ask yourself. Second, take in the history of your dog and then what your dog's routine is like now. Because they can change over time. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you have dogs that love other dogs and they're all about it. And then they get to a certain age, they're like, I'm good. It's like, I have been, I'm a very extroverted person up until this last like year or two. I am less extroverted than I was. I'm learning how I can, I only have so much. And that's a weird thing for me and a big change for me. But I am learning to recognize when I need to be more introverted to help me function. Mm -hmm. But I also need to be extroverted to fill my tank. So you just really have to look at your dog as an individual. Yeah. There's a lot of self-awareness that goes into it, you know. And then how's it going to disrupt your routine? Yeah. If your routine's already crazy, please don't add in another dog. Mm -hmm. Right? But if everything's smooth sailing, you're like, I think we can do this. Because you and I had some conversation about if I get, if we get another dog, and I say if I get, if I pick the dog out, if we get another dog, here's, here's what I'll need from you. This is what I can do. This is going to mess up a little bit, a few things, but can we do this together? Right. And, you know, it's, it's worked out when I'm gone, you're here. Um, and, and, and that's very helpful, but also there are times that Isabel's like, I need a break. <laughs> I need to be outside in the Ottoman. Please don't let the puppy out. And then sometimes I'm yeah. like, like this morning, thank you. This morning I was able to have my slow wake up. Instead of me waking up way too early to, to be up with this dog all day. This morning you were like, do you want me to just take him out? And allow me just to have my regular slow wake up that I'm used to. Um, and those are the things I didn't think about. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm not going to be able to do my slow wake up. Because that's something I'm used to. I'm a night person. And y'all, it's a thing. It's a thing to be a night person that you can't do mornings. It is a thing. People just thought I was lazy. No. I've tried to be a morning person. I am not. Mm -hmm. I've had to be a morning person with this dog. Luckily, I've had a couple opportunities to lay back down for a nap, but most of the time I'm up at 5, 5.30, 6 o'clock, and I'm up until midnight. But it's looking at the environment to see if it's doable. If I didn't have you to help me, I couldn't do a puppy. That's the reason why I didn't get a Rottweiler, because I don't have what it takes right now to raise a Rottweiler. Right. As bad as I want one. Yeah, and I mean, you know, that's something else you have to consider. Are you going to get a puppy or are you going to get an older dog? Uh, And we've looked at both. Just to sort of, you know, keep your dog company. We ended up with a puppy. There's nothing wrong with that. The adult, though, was a good idea. I looked at the adult. (laughs) Housebroken. Mostly. 
socialized. Yeah. But it just wasn't what I was going for. So now I have a puppy who has been screaming in his crate for the last 15 minutes. Yeah. I promise he's not abused. He's, no, he's not abused. He's just, he has FOMO. Like his sister. <laughs> like his sister. But again, I mean, just keep in mind, if you're, if, if you have multiple people in the household, it's probably going to be easier to get multiple dogs. If you're the only person in the household, please really think about it. Mm-hmm. Please really think about having to handle two dogs. Are you able to meet all the needs of both dogs as individuals? Yeah. And that means individual time with both of yes. them. Yes. Oof. Yeah. That might be another podcast. I think that question could be an entire podcast. Well, we've done a multi-dog so- but I want to get one of my clients on that has like the seven dogs. Heather, if you're listening, just know I'm going to be hollering at you, girl. Mm-hmm. I want to get you on the podcast because if anybody can have that many dogs, she's doing it right. But it's a lot of work. It is. And it's recognizing the dogs are individuals. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Wow. What a what an episode. <laughs> We should do this on Saturday afternoons more often. <laughs> With margaritas. With margaritas. But now I'm out of Orange Patron. I'm going to move on to wine. Right, right. Yep. Well, uh, thank you for the question. Caitlin was her name. Mm-hmm. Caitlin, thank you. Uh, Steve, dude. Oh, and Steve, Steve's, Steve just sent some other ones. Did he really? Yeah. So. <laughs> Steve, we're recording and we got another I episode. Is. Look, he's going to be on the one of converting assholes before and after. Because he said he he felt like he was an asshole to his dogs before. Which, I mean, I was an asshole to dogs before, too. Until I knew better. But uh, I think I'm going to have him on for one. So I think I'd like to have a couple of my clients on here. We've had that before. We're going to have him on. Um, He also loves horror, so. Oh, yeah. Y'all can do that on your own. Talk about a little bit of horror stuff. Yeah, no. But, yeah. So Steve has already emailed some more ideas. Any other myth stuff did he send or... Just some ideas for other episodes. uh, Legit other episodes. I love it, guys. (laughs) Please send us. Yes. Shoot us emails. Um, We did have another one about adolescence. We have done an episode on adolescence. And well, this is um, a but little this bit, I think goes a little deeper, a little bit deeper. Though. So let me get some let me get some yeah. notes put together so that we're and that's for for Miss Jan. Okay, yeah, uh, Miss Jan. Yeah. So we'll put some notes together so that I'm not all over the place because uh, adolescence is just one of those. It's tricky. It's crazy and insane. Um, but let me put some notes together and we'll put another adolescent episode together here in the next month or so. So just hang in there with us for that. Um, but yeah, if you have any ideas or you have a listener's question, shoot it over to us. Podcast at dogspeak101.com or info at dogspeak101.com. Be sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Um, on Instagram, Britt's been putting some things up with enrichment. We're going to continue doing that, especially with the new puppy. Uh, this puppy is not eaten out of a bowl one time. And it's been with me two weeks today. Did you feed it out of a bowl? I've fed him out of a bowl for uh, breakfast. Shame. Shame. So he's been here two weeks and he he just ate out of a bowl for the first time. We've been doing trick or treat ball. He he loved it though. It's fine. Did he? I'm sure he did. He's like, oh my God, I don't have to work for this today. This is amazing. It's the weekend. Look, I had to work today. He should have to work today. That's all I'm saying. All right. We appreciate you guys. You got any uh, final words? Anna, thank you for what you put out there. Thanks for what you do with the kids because it truly is, it's pretty similar uh, when you're looking at it. They're, they're both trying to develop. They're both trying to figure out this world that's confusing. Yeah. Um, fortunately, dogs don't have to deal with what kids do. They have to deal with personalities so different and, and kids that may not be in a good home that have bully tendencies. And I mean, there's a lot of crap that kids have to put up with, which is why we need to to do a better job at being understanding of our children yeah, and, and really communicating with them. Yeah. And there's a big shift, I think, from um, <laughs> aversive <laughs> parenting and uh, fear-based parenting and fear-based and aversive dog training, um, where there's sort of a switch um, in both of those kind of going on at the same time. Uh, so yeah, it, respectful it, dog training and respectful parenting yeah. are, are both sort of. If a, if a dog or a child does what you say for for fear of repercussions, then you don't have a good relationship. No. Period. No. I think we went into that in another episode, but that is. Um, I mean, if you do your job, 
because you fear the repercussions and you probably need to find a new job mm-hmm. or new leadership in that job. So just think about it. This is, this is what I want this podcast to be about. I want to make you think. There are plenty of ways to, to learn how to teach your dog things, but I want you to think. Go deeper with this relationship. Become a better human. I have a long way to go, but these dogs have made me a better human. You've made me a better human, being more patient and non-confrontational. Yeah, it's a helpful trait sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. I think sometimes, though, you have to kind of stand up and do that. But, I mean, yeah, that's a whole other episode, I think. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. We, we appreciate you so much. Um, we are so grateful to be able to do this. Brittany was so excited about this episode that we're taking a Saturday afternoon after softball to record this. So it will be out. I'm pretty proud that I didn't on Tuesday. cuss more than I did. Yeah, I'm, you I you really did. You said did. that you were like, I'm going to cuss this episode. I was like, uh, we put explicit on the last one. <laughs> Maybe we need to do explicit on this one too, just in case. You're the one who dropped that bomb in the last one, not me. So, <sighs> you know what? I cuss like a sailor. <laughs> Sometimes it just feels good. I don't cuss at people. It just makes me feel good. Sometimes Damn just it. Cuss about them. It's fine. <laughs> cuss about them. Sometimes I cuss about myself. But that's all right. Anyway, we love you guys. We appreciate you and really hope you have a wonderful week. And we want to hear from you. And don't forget, please rate and review us wherever you listen to our podcast so that more people can get an opportunity to hear <laughs> the wisdom through margaritas that we have. <laughs> Y'all have a great week. <laughs>